0: Hi, and welcome to all you like-minded nerds. Wendy and I just want to express our gratitude for all your lovely encouragement and ideas as we start discussing cosmism and planetary close encounters as it relates to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm completely new to all of these ideas and theories, whereas Wendy has a good couple of years on me. But together, we hope to spark conversation and serve as a guidepost to greater resources as we all prepare for the second coming. In these discussions, we are starting by having a book discussion of Anthony Larson's trilogy. These three books give a great primer to Velikovsky's paradigm shifts. We are so excited that you are interested and willing to go on this journey with us. And with that, let's jump into today's episode. Everyone Welcome back for another round of uh, Cosmism with Cameron and Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we are going to be discussing uh, Anthony Larson's book, uh, Chapter 3, today. So this one is about the signs of the Exodus. And so this one is uh, one of the, the more heavy chapters. Uh, a lot of content uh, put in uh, to th- these few short pages, but... Um, I don't know. Studying it this week, there's so many different areas and tangents and, and rabbit holes to go down. But um, we're we're looking at the Exodus as kind of the the great type or uh, pattern um, for cosmism in in general. Because I think that this is where Velikovsky really shines is in his uh, discovery and analysis of um, some of these. Things and, and patterns that, that happen at the Exodus. So, um, kind of diving into the the actual book uh, here from from Larson. Um, any <laughs> I should have posed this to you before, but any words of wisdom as we are looking at the Exodus, Wendy, um, for for people that this is a, a new uh, paradigm shift for. Um, where are the best um, resources and um, articles or or things to to look at when we are diving into the exodus story as told from this kind of a viewpoint
1: well there are um there are several i mean is like fairly oh like ni- 1950s and or is it seven yeah i think it's about 1950s so i just got my Headset plugged in. Can you hear me OK?
0: Uh-huh. Yep.
1: Is that better? OK. So um, I mean, and that's, that's quite old. <laughs> we have a lot more. There's a lot more research out there and observations that people were inspired by Velikovsky um, and have done a lot of research since then in both scientific and anthropologic studies. Um, so yeah, over at Thunderbolts is a good one. Um, and Anthony Larson has lots of um, lectures on his YouTube channel, Mormon Prophecy, um, but especially just in the scriptures and, and in the temple and through the spirit, the, the Lord will teach you more than, than you can get anywhere there mm-hmm. because that's how prophecy works. I mean, we're trying to understand it, it literally like in the preface, um, Larson pointed out, he's like, this is this is meant to be um, a book that helps to um, inform prophetic understanding, right? Mm-hmm. And so an understanding from a different perspective, as, as if these things you know are, are, are parables, yes, but if we understand it even literally, um, that brings a whole other perspective because it brings like God down to us. you know what I mean like mm-hmm. we, we, we talk about the spiritual aspect of, of our theology so much. But there is a temporal aspect of it that is, is just as important because the temporal and the spiritual go together, and when we find that merging bridge, um, then faith can be like we can exercise faith, right? We can have an even greater, um, greater testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ as He works among us. You know, in the past present and future that God is not varying right as Mormon 9 says that God is the same yesterday today and forever and so so anyway if if miracles have aren't here you know we're we're so fallen from from the from um the presence of God you know as far as we can be I hope no I'm just kidding (laughs) Um, but like we need to get back into his presence and and so these miracles we need to see them in our skies we need to see the Lord blessing Zion just like he blessed the Israelites and and to have faith in him in that um, and to cut off that which isn't a part of us, right? To deliver us um, and, and not having to pick up the sword to do that. It's about having faith in Jesus that he will, he is the deliverer. So anyway, when I see these things, it gets me excited because it's like, bring on zion <laughs> right <laughs> exactly. so anyway long long answer but yes the scriptures are our, coven- our covenants in the temple those are those are key Mm-hmm. i love it
0: yeah so um diving into the the first paragraph here uh, i think that this is a, a really great way to kind of describe what we're we're taking a look at um uh He's referring to Velikovsky and says that it was his thesis that the world was nearly destroyed in the past within the memory of mankind when other celestial bodies nearly collided with the earth. And so the Exodus is um, put forth here as a um, Earth and, and Venus near collision or a um, uh, uh, pass by. I don't know. Or fly flyby whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <It's a> fly by. <laughs> you know,
1: and. I don't even, I don't even like, I don't like the wording near collision. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm of the mindset. I try to be to, to even in my thoughts to create um, like that positive or to have that that good desire for things. So I don't like near collision. I I like, Mm -hmm. what did I, I wanted to change it to, Oh, I've got too many notes, (laughs) 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 but it's, um, just just an encounter right mm-hmm. it, some sometimes we think oh you, if if i come into the presence of god what is that going to be like you know what i mean we don't want there shouldn't be any fear how can we come into god's presence with fear right but it's it's an it's an encounter mm-hmm. it's it's something that is is marvelous signs and, and wonders right so I don't like near collision, <laughs> yeah. and so I want to like, I, like strike that out. Close Encounters is what I put, but I don't even like that. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. It's not
1: aliens, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but it is definitely different, right? We're having this paradigm shift for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I love it. Um, in uh, Worlds in Collision by Velikovsky, he does throw um, that term out uh, sometimes, uh, Close Encounters. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> I
1: forget. <laughs> When it's I was first listening to
0: that book, I was like, <laughs> wait, are we talking aliens? Because we just have such a, a weird concept of that phrase now, right? But, uh, right? but yeah, Velikovsky uses that a few times in, in his book as a close encounter. So I really like that.
1: Yeah, you know, and this just so uh, readers, I mean, listeners know, I this is the first time I've read these books. And yeah, <laughs> I read Velikovsky a while ago. And, um, and so reading this, it's like, it's, it's really good because he condenses everything into like, this is what he goes through. So if you want to know all this, you got to go read Velikovsky for all the proofs, but, mm-hmm. um, I like it cause it's very concise and what's, what's going on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, a great kind of introductory, uh, type of thing. So you were the one that, uh, pointed me to Leland Tanner and, uh, on his twitter feed on <laughs> one of <laughs> twitter so confusing to me to to <laughs> navigate but on one of his threads there uh he was giving kind of a uh, synopsis of like okay if you want to start out from from square one anthony larson's three books are are a perfect uh, kind of gateway into it to kind of get your your bearings on on a whole new paradigm shift kind of thing so yeah i i really love but, I mean, there's a lot of information here, but it's just kind of a, a rough overview to um, point you to other things.
1: Yes, because I don't think we can go through that here in this podcast. And I just want to, yeah. like, the intent of this for me is is not to get... Um, It's just too much for us to do, right, Cameron? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, we'll do a future really in-depth podcast. (laughs) That's
1: not. But let's, yeah, we can do a brief summary. Let's do that.
0: (laughs) But yeah, so um, that that next paragraph there. So there's accounts of these near collisions or close encounters that exist today in the written and oral traditions of all the peoples of the earth. And so that's what I really loved about um, Velikovsky's work is... Going through and realizing that it wasn't just the Israelites, you know, coming from our Christian perspective of the, the Bible stories, um, but looking at lots of different cultures that are all mirroring uh, very similar stories at very similar times, and so um, taking a, a look at the history of the earth is is awesome, um, and the the Exodus is is one that's that's rich in that. So. He starts off by by quoting um, from a book called uh, Velikovsky reconsidered and um, let me just read this first paragraph here because I I find it very interesting to to consider the ages of the earth here and so one of the most significant cladicalisms of ancient history the Exodus and aware of a link between the circuit of heavenly bodies and the catastrophic ruin of the previous generations, the ancients ceaselessly watched the planetary movements. Their traditions recalled that when old epochs dissolved, the new age, or sun, was marked by different celestial paths. Astronomers and seers diligently watched for any change that might augur approaching destruction and the end of an age. And so, what are your your thoughts or your your studies on the different ages or the different sons of, of the Earth? Because we are firmly planted in, <laughs> our, our mindset. At least I am. I, I'm speaking for personal. I guess um, that you know this is our sun. It's always been our sun, and uh, it will always be our sun. <laughs> uh-huh. But like, what about these different um, cultures and and historical records of Uh, the the ages of the earth
1: well in a lot of ways you know we i want to tie it just back to like the book of mormon right we have a record there of you know with the restoration of the gospel that um that joseph smith was called to restore and as it, it almost being a key to helping us to be open to hearing the word of the Lord from those that have gone before us through to hear, to hear um, of, of his word that comes from the dust. Right. And so if we can expand our minds in in a way to that, the Lord has spoken to, to all his children throughout the ages. And we know that, but we don't have scripture from them per se. And so when you study these things, though, it's, it's, um, I like to just study images, in, in a sense, and study um, things, you know, like the hypocephalus, you know, or Egyptian, the, the sun that they, they knew was different than ours. And that's very, I mean, it's, it's clear <laughs> that, um, that that's the case, but it's still hard for um, us to recognize that with our current paradigm and our current paradigm is just like a veil and so if we can get out of that and then but but in a sense you got to be careful though to not study the philosophies of men Mm -hmm. that have become attached to those things does that make sense
0: yeah
1: um because um, even in velikovsky there's a lot there's some there's some error for instance um in the second paragraph down from where you're reading it says but long before 1500 BC Jupiter for centuries chief among the deities shattered the serenity of skies a brilliant fiery object ex- expelled from that planet entered upon a long elliptical orbit around the sun the feared god Jupiter had given birth to the comet and protoplanet Venus and he uh, if you follow this thread back and why they took that position why Velikovsky took that position and whatnot, um, based on what some cultures had said about what where Venus originated from, it's not the current theory of what. When we make more and more observations, it's changed. Um,
0: Interesting.
1: And I'm not I'm not an expert on these things. I, I I try my I try my best, but I like to be educated on the current theories. Now theories change, mm-hmm. and throughout. Throughout ages, science has changed, and we, we we're supposed to be getting that in in science. I I, I worry a little bit because we're so much pushing facts into into kids instead of studying the process of science, yeah. the process of observation. Just like Alma um, was teaching the people, um, the Zoramite. So the Alma thirty two, right? It's like you got to test it, right? Um, so so we we have to be we have to understand that there are going to be errors. And mm-hmm. we have to find the, the commonality of, of things and do enough research to find the commonalities and to see where things aren't fitting. It's like putting a puzzle together, mm-hmm. um, but not throwing it all out, but just saying what is truth mm-hmm. and what has just been the philosophies of men as they've tried to dot to dot a picture, like a kindergartner and mm-hmm. saying, okay, well then this must be because of this um, and there just not, isn't enough information to make that big jump. So in all of these studies, you have to be careful to, to have a, a measure of, like, this could be wrong, but I'm going to have a working theory, right? We make a hypothesis. And, and the Lord works with us on that. And and, we, and he, he keeps informing us as we keep trying. But that's how we exercise faith. And we, we test something, and is this fruit... Does it taste good? Does it testify of Christ? Um, Sometimes you, like you said in the last podcast, you have to put things on the shelf and that's fine, but we don't need to be um, fearful either that as you read things like this, it's like, okay, there, there could, this could be right. It could be wrong, but education is about, about consuming facts and sifting through them and then implementing truth into your own soul. And so the Lord wants that for us. So I don't know why I went off on that tangent, but you're asking about ages of the earth and the suns. Um, we will have a different sun and we need to be okay with that. We don't know exactly how it's going to look. And I don't want to go through and say, this is what happened. and This is what happened. There's theories and you can go and learn of them for yourself. Cause this is, that's a huge question. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that we need to take the time to um, and responsibility to do it ourselves because it's out if you can you can do the research Mm
0: -hmm. okay (laughs) so um two different things my brain was like trying to decide which one to go through first and i don't know so um with the the thing that you just mentioned there about um jupiter giving birth to venus and the protoplanet and stuff Mm -hmm. so what has has changed or um, what new theories and, and things have come from that because as I was looking at that I was like oh okay and I'm trying to wrestle with it but um, uh, so yeah which which theories and, and things are you referencing there and and how can okay. someone uh, go in and find out more like is Thunderbolts kind of a, a good one for, for some of those theories or
1: yes um, so that's that's the uh, pretty pretty wide consensus that that is not correct about uh jupiter i mean venus coming from jupiter um okay. it is um explored a lot at thunderbolts now thunderbolts is it can get really deep there mm-hmm. i mean they're plasma physicists and um you know a lot uh, and so some of the things don't get turned off if you get a video about that but um or, or you could read their their dark but they have a lot of layman videos too mm-hmm. that you can search through but what i'm referring to is um one of the suns of the later ages was Saturn. And um, and they a lot of these ancient cultures will say the sun is Saturn. And it's very clear that they're pointing to Saturn. And we're like, what are you talking about? Saturn's not Saturn. So we're in our pride as, as like a people. We're like, they just didn't know what they were talking about. No, we, you need to, like, if you've got, <laughs> there's so many people around the world drawing it, saying it. And it's, it's, it's pretty clear that, and in many, many instances, there's so many observations that it was Saturn and that Venus was part of a configuration with Mars and Earth that we were in a um, an aligned, kind of like a Shishbab stacked um polar alignment. Okay. Because it they it it's like a the throne of God at our north pole. And so it completely debunks gravity, which I didn't know we were going to get into this. Honestly, we were talking about (laughs) Venus. I'm like, okay, this will be a good introduction to like, why is gravity like, you know, what's what about gravity with this comet Venus coming so close to us? Yeah. Right. But gravity um, is, is much weaker than, and we even say that in science, I teach my kids, it's a very weak force. Yes, it is. And it doesn't, it doesn't have a bearing over electro. Uh, magnetism and um anyway so so we've got we've got the throne of god in the sky during the time between um between the adam leaving the garden and the um and noah's flood and so where did all that water come from when we were disconnected from from that that holy config i don't even like calling it polar configuration even just saying it i'm like oh can we just say it's configuration and and heaven because i feel like it's a sacred word and when Mm. words have power and the sound of i mean uh throughout scripture just the word is powerful i mean it's it's representing christ and so it's like bringing into creation and it has no that word and that just even as I'm trying to understand it it has no power unless it's revealed to us, honestly. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we, those are the kind of things that we can pray in and I'm seeking um, to understand my, my um, relationship with the father um, in that myself. So Mm -hmm. anyway, it's in temples, by the way, in Idle Falls temple on the back wall, I've Mm -hmm. been studying these for a couple of years and I turned around and there it is on the back wall. It was like, are you kidding me? It's been right there the whole time. <laughs> so very exciting in the creation room. So so I don't know if that helps answer your question. Maybe we can get into more of that, but that's more that can be investigated at Thunderbolts. Mm-hmm. As well. Yeah,
0: for sure. So, um, I found this chapter of Worlds in Collision very interesting. Um, so, I'm just going to pop it up on the screen so you can read because mm-hmm. we prepped prep this ahead of time. <laughs> but um, this one talks about the Sun's Ages. And I believe this is in uh, chapter one, if I'm not mistaken. Let me find that real quick. The Sun's Ages. This is chapter two of the prologue, if anybody wants to go read it themselves um but just quoting a few different parts from it which is I, I think helps describe kind of the the sun's ages and where the exodus really falls into to all of this so it says an oft repeated occurrence in the traditions of the world's ages is the advent of a new sun in the sky at the beginning of every age the word sun is substituted for the word age in the Cosmogonical traditions, Cosmo, yeah, is that the right word? Nice, good job. <laughs> <laughs> of many peoples all over the world, the Mayas counted their ages by the names of their consecutive suns. These were called Water Sun, Earthquake Sun, Hurricane Sun, Fire Sun. These suns marked the epochs to which are attributed the various catastrophes the world has suffered the native indian scholar in his annals of the kings of tuscucco described the world's ages by the names of suns the water sun or the sun of waters was the first age terminated by a deluge in which most all creatures perished the earthquake sun or age perished in a terrific earthquake when the earth broke in many places and mountains fell The world age of the hurricane sun came to its destruction in a cosmic hurricane. The fire sun was the world age that went down in a rain of fire. And um, we have just kind of pulling some highlights from some different cultures here. So this one is from um, Gomera, uh, the conquest of Mexico. So there's the five suns that are epochs and um, it says that there were five suns and um, in another tradition uh, there were seven suns in a Buddhist sacred book it talks about world cycles and that there are three destructions the destruction by water the destruction by fire and the destruction by wind Um, in another one there was nine suns or nine ages and there in The the Sibyl says that now is the seventh son, prophesied that two ages yet to come, that the eighth and the ninth uh, sons. And um, anyway, just kind of going along that line, there's many different um, cultures that have histories of their different ages or their different sons. And so it says, did the reason for the substitution of the word son for epoch by the peoples of both hemispheres lie in the changed appearance of the luminary and its changed path across the sky in each world age and so uh, i i loved velikovsky's kind of research on that and you know there's more information in his book but just kind of giving us an idea that that God works in patterns, right? And, and there's these, these cycles and, uh, yes, they might end differently, but, um, it's still one of those cycles or, you know, in a, in a gospel term, we might call them kind of like dispensations or, or something along mm-hmm. those lines.
1: That's what I was thinking too. Different prophets of different, you know, Yeah. with keys of those dispensation.
0: Mm-hmm. Love it. So,
1: um, you know, it also reminded me like the second book of Esdras. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know if you I are mean, talking about, you know, uh, by water, fire, wind. I don't know. There was just a part in that where it was, it was. Um, it talks about that. Anyway, sorry, side note. Go ahead. <laughs> There's I know. so many so many cool things you can branch out here. Okay, go on.
0: <laughs> I know. Like my brain first goes to like Lance Richardson stuff with the uh the four different skin colors and, and how the Lord gave each of them one of those elements so that oh, when the millennium oh. dawns that they bring those all back together. But I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's like a totally different subject. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, There's so many
0: different rabbit holes. I love it. Um,
1: but patterns, right? Isn't it yeah. about patterns? Doesn't it all like, it's, it's really cool. It's really cool how the Lord just weaves it all, all in.
0: Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was something this last week. Um, it, it popped into my brain, but like I haven't put it into words yet. Um, what was it? So that, that God really does give everybody, each culture, each, like he's testifying to all of his children of his patterns and his works, right? And mm-hmm. so that's why we're uh, taught to to seek ye out of the best books um, in, in Doctrine and Covenants, you know, um, mm-hmm. with the, the School of the Prophets and, and their learning uh, there in Kirtland and Avu that <laughs> seek everything I've laid out all of it for for everyone but you have to work together in order to put together the pieces um this puzzle it's scattered everywhere just like scattered israel but as we do start gathering we'll start recognizing that these patterns are in all of the cultures and that god's been working with us the entire time and so i really love that that gospel connection specifically with cosmism and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah is
1: isn't it cool and and joseph smith um saw these things i know he did because i mean we we have it in our temple endowment and yeah. on temples i mean saturn is on the salt lake temple and and, and you know the north and the um those polaris um there you know the the big yeah. dippers pointing to polaris and anyway just um so many things on, on the top of the conference center there is the mountain of the lord with with um the the throne of god there at the top anyway so it's so it's so cool to see that that these things are there it, um and i wonder if that because of all those when we're where everybody's coming together you know zion's being built and we're we're receiving more and more truth um everybody's scriptures and um the pieces of truth that's been scattered and just like that i'm I don't know if we could go into this today, but the (laughs) earth has been broken and it's been scattered and it is going to be returned. And so the, the the city of Enoch is a planet. And when it returns and and the lost 10 tribes, they are on a planet. So I I think there is a, there's a chapter in the book that goes over that. So maybe we should save it, (laughs) but that's what, that's um, just some of the, just seeing those patterns of the, the Lord's, um, plan of salvation there there's a process of scattering as we come down here to the earth and we're fallen and and then there's a process of gathering and the lord delivers us at each point and there's a passover that happens as we um enter into covenant and we accept the lord jesus christ um as our deliverer and that will cover us and so the passover here with the children of israel is the perfect metaphor for every um Every age, every um, covenant that the Lord's made um, in those ages as, and as he gives us an, a son there's a it helps us turn us to the Son of God and to remember him and not the idols that have be, been built in apostasy because we've forgotten those covenants. So.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> not to go on another tangent, but uh with the the original Why
1: not? <laughs>
0: and the festivals of the Lord, right? He says right. that it will be a statute forever. He's saying this is a pattern and I'm going to keep following this pattern. The Passover, like you said, I mean it it's there and it's and it's going to play out. And um that's what scriptures are for to help show us the pattern and, and help us know what to expect. So I love it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um so diving in to um anthony's stuff here and, and quoting velikovsky heavily and stuff um, we've got all of the phenomena of the exodus linked to to actual scientific explanations and um and, and theories and, and things here so uh anthony in this chapter goes through and just talks about these um very (laughs) bite-sized because you could probably have a whole book or or a year lecture series on any one of these but um we have things like the water turning to blood or the the pillar of fire etc so so we're going to dive through these and uh, just kind of take a look at these different phenomena and what um cosmism uh, has to, to offer as far of an explanation or at least theories, working theories that we can go on and uh, kind of uh, look at how the Lord works by natural laws in order to point his children to, to him. So the first um, is the water turned to blood. So Wendy, can you like summarize, like what about a a close encounter with Venus would give us our water turning to blood? Like, how is that even possible where does it come from what can we theorize there
1: so with the when I was reading this like I, I didn't realize that Velikovsky has so much information but as the comet approached the earth tail first I'm like tail first like that completely goes again <laughs> like tail first it's approaching the earth I mean doesn't that sound odd just coming yeah. right out of the gate <laughs> 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 but it's but with that then this fine the fine red um the the dust of that um, would turn the, the water um, red color and kill um, a lot of the if not everything all of the organic matter there and anybody that drank it um, would get sick but um, it's interesting that that Mars is just covered in that red dust and um, anyway so that you know uh, informs some of the encounters that those those two planets had but um but yeah it's that ferric oxide um limonite is it would be really interesting if we if we did experience that Mm -hmm. i'm not sure we don't know exactly how it's going to happen and just because this happened in the exodus doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen on our planet we've got to make sure that prophecy is understood as um even though there's patterns it doesn't mean like it's going to be like this check this check you know what i mean it mm-hmm. might not happen exactly in that order or it might not happen. Um, some of these might not happen at all, but, but anyway, that's what I see when I, when I've been studying um, the water turning to blood. Mm-hmm. I love
0: it. So <laughs> in, uh, you want to go into speculation territory, like what have you um, uh, theorized or, or what might be our close encounter or, um what what's coming at us is, is it going to be venus or or mars or is it going to be something that we have yet to to even think about obviously theory mm-hmm. conjecture, whatever but
1: and and that's something that um every time i've tried to talk about it with friends i felt the lord shut me down <laughs> it's like yeah. you don't know
0: you, have you no don't idea. know yeah
1: it's <laughs> just there um <laughs> oh. stay meek stay humble i mean we can ask the questions but um it's good to know like I have a feeling that it's going to be, uh, be um, uh, like Isaiah prophesies that there will be an anti um, with the antichrist um, and the the powers of the dark, mm-hmm. destroying the, the wicked, destroying the wicked first. And um, before we see, before we see uh, the, the Lord's hand in, mm-hmm. I mean, the arm of the Lord is in a sense, um, it is the King of Babylon. Right. But, um, but then that, then he will be destroyed, um, by, by the true arm of the Lord. (laughs) So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I try to see things and I'm like, I'm not sure exactly how it's going down, but I know that we can't be, um, we need to understand the true, uh, light and the glory of the Lord and not be fooled by the counterfeit. Mm -hmm. Because there's some that, that, that will say, Oh, Christ is coming, you know, this is, this is who we should worship. Now it's going to be a millennia of, you know, peace and prosperity under a, a rule of, I don't know. You got to be careful. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, anyway. so going on, well, let's go back to the patterns of the Exodus. Those mm-hmm. are important to look at.
0: Yeah. And so um, did you have anything else with water turning to blood and, and that? If not. Mm,
1: no, let's move on.
0: Yeah, so with the the Plague of Vermin, I found this one very interesting because I don't know, it's just not something that I considered, but um, that this is kind of attributed to the heat generated by such a close planetary encounter. So um, an example of this is found in, I don't know, Kamsing? I, I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's a, a hot, electrically charged wind that blows in the desert. The area around desert villages during such winds literally teems with a vermin so that when there is um, an, an uptake or a heavy increase in heat, so does the the vermin. And so um, having that explained in the Exodus, so, oh, yeah, I, I guess that that would happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. And with an encounter that close with, with comets and, and throughout the age, throughout ages, um, comets have been um, been known to to bring chaos and and destruction like they've been feared for for you know thousands of years and we're the only ones that haven't had that fear it hasn't happened yeah. in our in our age as much so um so anyway yeah i love that electrically charged wind there would be a lot of le- electrical charge oh can we just take a little tangent because i don't know if we're yeah. going to get to it but just like in as they wander through the wilderness and all of the the miracles that they saw there they're still experiencing venus in the sky right and so there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of electrical charge there's going to be some biting snakes biting <laughs> fiery flying serpents fiery flying serpents wow moses built a you know a snake on a, a pole so anyway i'm just saying
0: <laughs> yeah that they were experiencing that all throughout wouldn't that um their history Interesting. The paradigm shift that, I mean, I can't even say that I know that much, but the paradigm shift that, that was happening for me um, as I've been reading this, like, oh, wow, the Exodus story is so much different than I had in my head, but now it's all starting to make sense, and every time that I go back and read it, oh, oh, that's what's happening, and it, I can't even imagine being an Israelite going through all of that, like... <laughs> <laughs> the world <laughs> is literally in upheaval and it, it's kind of crazy <laughs> yeah I know it, you know
1: lots and lots of miracles for sure
0: mm-hmm. i love it so um the next that he explains here is the hail of stones so as the the comet moved closer the earth found itself uh, deeper into this this tail of the comet and so the 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 fine dust becomes small dust and eventually the Uh, The hail that uh, we're talking about but um, an interesting note here is that Velikovsky pointed out that the word Barad in the original Old Testament text would have been more correctly translated as meteorites he points out uh, according to Midrashic and Talmudic sources the hail of the Exodus was hot and um, That made all the sense in the world to me like I I don't know I had a hard time envisioning cold cold Uh, snow like hail um whenever I read that but having hot (laughs) meteorites falling down um would would seem to to fit the the story better so I really liked that that explanation
1: there yeah it's like like um Sodom and Gomorrah you know it's Mm -hmm. those whenever you hear that from now on I I just I see it the same way
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so um yeah, walk us through like the petroleum because this one I found so interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, we always think, oh, that's from the dinosaurs, you know. Yeah, yeah? well, <laughs> there, there's a yeah, there it can be created a lot of carbon-based, um, you know, in in our um, old fossil fuels down there. But yeah, it's in the heavens too, and if it's on a plant, a comet that's flying through and it's falling on us. It's going to be, it's going to be hot and it's going to be um, sticky and lots of, lots of hydrocarbons in there too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, it's just thing will come up on that soon, but um, that would, that would be very destructive
0: for sure. Yeah. Can you imagine as that's falling down and, and lighting and burning like, oh my goodness, that's like science fiction to the max. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Right but raining fire from heaven
0: yeah. literally <laughs> I can only imagine um and then the next section is about the earthquake so as we do have a, a close encounter that um that each of the planets are seized in the gravitational grip of the other and, and kind of pulling at each other the the force the momentum the inertia that is adjusting the the earth's crust and it's reacting violently. I'm just kind of like paraphrasing throughout this this whole thing, mm-hmm. but um, I... and and
1: just to inform your listeners too on this. I mean, it's good theories in in its day, but it, those have even changed. Uh-huh. Just, so, yeah. the cause cosmology is is changing so fast right now. It's it's amazing, but um, gr- there's so much more electromagnetism going here. The uh, plasma. Um, physics more so than gravity that's causing these things just uh-huh. saying
0: yeah interesting i love it yeah because i'm just new to this and stuff so i find no, i know that that's why i'm like i'm that you're you're bringing up those things i'm like ooh, okay so that one needs a, an update <laughs>
1: it's like you know you're updating we're gonna yeah. like we have to remodel our houses once in a while they get a little old something new has been embedded in, you know but you know it's like yeah it's good to read these read um and and to glean from uh, the truth of it but mm-hmm. staying current is is also good on the science yeah.
0: i love it um and so do you agree with um that second paragraph there where it's talking about the firstborn um translation and, and things does that fit kind of with the the current mm-hmm. context and, and paradigm that, that people are having
1: like you know they built their houses on a higher level you know is that uh-huh. Um, and so the the earthquake would have more power. Um, I I could see that, but I I almost feel like the author here and maybe even Velikovsky, Larson, are kind of trying to stretch the facts to fit the, mm-hmm. like like fit the story, which is is fine to do, and and sometimes we do that either way. We all have our biases. We all have you know we're coming from from a paradigm right and we're trying to find things to fit in there and that's great but there's definitely i feel that we need to be careful when we're we're looking at evidences in the science here and instead of drawing those conclusions like this is what must have happened Mm -hmm. there's there's a spiritual element there that is the firstborn for me of yeah like literally the firstborn and can we can we um pinpoint that with with um, electric universe theory or plasma or science or, or whatever, I don't think so. I don't think we know that science yet. Maybe it's in the DNA, you know the firstborn. Maybe it's because of their calling on this earth as the firstborn. What is the firstborn? I don't know. I'm just saying, how yeah. do we know what that marker is and how the Lord sent his angel of you know to to that just, I, I, but just saying though, too, like in the scriptures, angel, it can be used as a keyword to um, denote planets. So it was mm-hmm. for me when it's talking about this great plague of taking the, the firstborn is this, it's, that's what you're talking about, right?
0: Uh-huh, this yeah.
1: one. Um, so, so yeah, I, I definitely want to keep the Lord's power and in, involved in this, that it's, there's something here. We still don't understand
0: mm-hmm. for
1: me. Yeah. When I read
0: it, I was like, Hmm. I'm just gonna put that one on a shelf. I don't understand what it's talking about, so yeah.
1: Yeah, I think they're stretching it there.
0: But yeah, and so the next section is about the darkness. So, you know, I can only imagine with all of these other things happening, why there's so much darkness. Uh, he talks about the dust and debris from the actual tail of the comet. Uh, in addition, the volcanic ash from from the earthquake and volcanic activity, etc. He says, all this served to make the air so thick that people could scarcely breathe. Rabbinical sources explain that 49 out of every 50 Israelites perished in the plague of darkness, which I had never considered before. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I those are some, some astronomical numbers there. But yeah, having prolonged days and nights and um, I imagining what the whole earth is, is experiencing during all of this. Uh, not just the Israelites, but Um, but everywhere
1: Mm -hmm. yeah reminds me of the book of mormon we'll get to that one next week too Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and so the the next here that they uh tackle is the collapsed sky and so um looking at low slow drifting clouds um according to midrashic sources the israelites wandered for years without seeing the sun they saw the sun and moon clearly for the first time um since leaving egypt only at the end of their wandering so like can you imagine what it would be like to not see the the sun for or like i mean we're just so used to to our our current experience right and um, Uh that's what's happening to them like wow i can't even imagine um living that way for for that long for an extended period of time yeah um so what did you pull out of the the heated bodies section because that was another one that was like i don't know it's kind of over my head but
1: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean if there's if the the earth with that decreased um you know different tilts or the poles are shifting and you're the the rotation is disrupted, and so some of the the people on the Earth experienced great heat, and um, and so the you know the surface of the Earth there was a whole lot of conduction going on there, and um, so, so yeah, I sorry I just had a well, my brain just shut off for a second, <laughs> but um so so yeah, with the moon specifically, I, I I kind of, it's an interesting theory about how the moon would, would turn red because of how much heat that it had. Part of me is like, "Mm, maybe what if it was, what if if it was um, also covered with red dust too? Or what if, you know, the, the air is so infiltrated with just particulate that we can't see it very well and it turns red or you know what if we're in a constant well I guess that would only be on one side of the earth but you know in a, in a blood moon or whatever I don't know I think it's it, it is interesting but that that maybe that could happen that moon would turn red because of how hot it is um, but I definitely believe that there were some surfaces on the earth that were hotter than, than others because of that um, change in um, the earth's rotation and tilt and uh, pulse so yeah but when it talks about the gravitational influence of the comet pulled the interior of the earth the molten core towards the crust this caused the surface earth surface to become hot yeah maybe but the, i i'm even wondering if the earth's core is molten <laughs> mm-hmm. i know i'm on weird theories sometimes i've been studying some of the the universal model um and they believe that the the interior of the earth is is water-based that we're more of a water-based planet um anyway so i'm like yeah that's possible but i feel like he's still pulling from theories that we have that is like well let's leave some room for um error there possibly Mm -hmm. sorry you asked to have me on i'm i'm a I'm not very helpful. I like to cause more questions than answers.
0: You're so helpful! Holy crap! <laughs> because like as I'm going through this, I'm like, I don't have any scientific. Like, I, I mean, like I got straight A's, but like I'm not that smart when it comes to sciences or anything like that, or especially with any of these theories and um advances that we've had since then. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to like put a big old cold blanket on all this. Mm-hmm. I, I there's so much truth here you just you know keep keep in mind the little things that that my author might be you know pulling from different threads that that we can still be open for enlightenment on
0: and with that we are going to segment this episode in half come back next week as we continue our discussion with the parting of the sea the food from God, the the manna, the theophanies, etc. as we continue our discussion on chapter 3 in the Exodus.